This is City AM Unregulated. I'm Emma Hazlitt. This week, we're busting millennial hiring myths. That's reporter Tim Miller. We meet an actual millennial aged 23. And in another politician, which I won't name... Jack Parsons, CEO of Your Feed. He pointed a sausage at me and said, after you finish with this entrepreneur lark, are you going to go and get yourself educated? So I turned around and said, your sausage is getting cold. I think young people are looking for purpose and they want value. Value what they say. Hello, welcome to Unregulated, City AM's professional development podcast with me, Tim Miller. That's two L's. On this podcast, we chat entrepreneurial stories, how to be better at your job and how to take the next step in your career. Emma's away this week, so I've sat down with a rather miraculous 23-year-old. So I'm from Essex. I'm a young lad. I'm not educated. My dad's a black cab driver in the city. But don't underestimate Jack Parsons, the CEO of Your Feed. He's on a mission. I, I, I've only started using the word entrepreneur because I actually didn't know that the word entrepreneur meant to undertake something in French. So I've only started calling myself an entrepreneur. I will never call myself a co-founder. I'm employed by Your Feed. Yes, I did start the business but I'm on a mission to change youth employment. Your feed is a kind of LinkedIn for millennials, but it goes way beyond that. It's aiming to professionally develop young people to get skills that they've missed out on. Today, we're going to tell the story of the business that has pledged to connect 2 million young people to career opportunities by 2020. So let's go back to school. GCSEs, or for those non-millennials out there, O-levels, to be honest, whatever the exams were, it's the end of the school year where we find the roots of the Your Feed tree. So I had three months left to complete my GCSEs and I was failing my GCSEs and I went into school and the form tutor was given a list of loads of sixth forms and partnering, partnering universities that young people should look at so my classmates and the film tutor gave me a list of construction sites and said put a hand on my soldier and said Jack I believe that you should spend your career on a construction site. Condescending much so how did Jack react to that? Not with a hard hat but with some serious revision hundreds of multicoloured post-it notes and an ambition and in return And I went in three months later to collect my GCSEs and I got 11 A-star to C. Nice. So it's the first time, and it's a a famous saying, if a man can get on a rocket and go up to the moon, anything's possible. And it's the first time that actually I was going to fail my GCSEs, but if I put my mind to something, you can do it. And it's this spirit that has inspired your feed, but also Jack's apprenticeship journey. Disillusioned by the traditional education model, he decided to take the apprenticeship route to get to university instead of college. Here's hoping day one provides a good start. I turn up and the first day they said, we've got a confession. I said, OK, what's the confession? And they turned around to me and said, unfortunately, it's not a business administration apprenticeship. It's a sales apprenticeship. But we didn't want to advertise that because no one would apply. A young 16-year-old, quite spotty uneducated, in this apprenticeship, 
calling these random numbers. Half of them didn't even have driving licenses, let alone want car insurance. Lied to about the scheme he was on. This is where Jack got his first moment of inspiration for your feed. Young people don't know what they don't know. Within that six months, the training provider only come out to me once, and that was to collect my passport. Now this is meant to be an MVQ level three to get me into university at the same time as my friends. I get paid minimum wage, it's fine, but I'm learning and it's fantastic. So I started to convert more and more leads through each time. And it wasn't because I was good at sales, it's because I was just talking to people. And when Barbara said, call, call me at one o'clock, I called her at one o'clock. When someone said, remove me from the system, I removed them from the system. So that's the only thing, I just worked hard. And one day they said, we want you to move over to the big boys table. I was like, okay, I'm going onto this table, this is great. Um, young face, the youngest, the second youngest person on that table must have been about 32. So I moved onto that table and I started selling the policies. Now, the training provider within eight months came out twice. Once to collect my passport and the second time to get me to sign and tick some boxes. Have you looked at the elf and safety? Have you done this? What's that to do with two A-levels to get me into university? Despite excelling and getting moved onto the big boys table, actually selling policies instead of just setting up leads, Jack didn't get to finish his apprenticeship. Unfortunately, I had 12 weeks left to complete this apprenticeship and the company goes bust. So I called the training provider up because I just thought, what do I do next? I've got, I'm applying for loans to get into university. And in layman terms, they say to me, unfortunately, we wanted to capitalise on the government funding. We wanted to send the assessor out right to the end. But we can't do that now. Sorry. Now, the good news out of all this story is that that training provider is no longer around, which is great. And with the apprenticeship levy coming in, it's looking promising because the government's clamping down on a number of training providers. But poor young Jack... Let down by education again. I became a neat, not in education, not in employment. What do I do? I'm 18. All my friends are going to university. I wanted to go to university to become an architect. The world's ending. I don't know what I don't know. There's a big world out there. Am I just a little fish, a young person with ambition? But my dad, it's, my dad always says it's not what you know, it's who you know. My dad's a black cab driver. He doesn't know any CEO in a big corporate for me to go and work. So that was the first two years after leaving education. So I wasn't let down once. Okay. I was let down twice. <laughs> In two years. In two years. I spent three years in recruitment. Now, when I got into recruitment, I thought, wow, posh. I went into an organisation. I started to look after a secondary education desk. So actually, now I had the opportunity to put the right teachers into the right jobs up to principal level to actually make a difference to young people. 
Light bulb moment number two. And one day, I placed a head of English into a school. I writ that teacher's micro-teach, and I changed the CV, because that's how we was taught. Right. Because everyone's got a pan sign on their head. School phones me up and says, we want to take that teacher on. First reaction, brilliant. My leaderboard just gone from three to two. Secondly, brilliant, I'm getting some commission. And then as I put that phone down, I thought to myself, I've just let 120 young people down, and not all of them are going to have the motivation and the ambition to go home and post-it note their wall. So I had seven reports in before I went up to the CEO, and I went up to the CEO and I said, look, the morals are all wrong here. I need to leave. Can I leave the business? I know I've won international awards and I'm doing well here. But can I leave the business to go and help 120 young people and then come back? And how did he and or she react? Their, their response was, no. Why don't you recruit HR people? They've got morals. <laughs> okay. So I left the business. On gardening leave and sat at the kitchen table, the Your Feed seed was sown. And I typed into Google, how to set up a business. And it came up limited company, limited by shares, sole trader. If you earn over £60,000, you need to register for VAT. And I'm just looking, thinking, wow, I'm out of my depth. I've got £20,000 saved. I know hardly anything about business, but I want to help young people. What do I do? The education systems let me down three times because it let me down when I was recruiting as well. That's, that school let me down by putting that teacher into the job. Sure. So what do I do now? What do I do next? And school and education never taught me how to prepare for the working world or how to get ready for the next step. What is an entrepreneur? What is a business? Because actually setting up a business is not easy. Indeed, research by City Year UK shows 81% of young people feel they didn't get the right skills and experience while at school needed to get a job. And that's what Jack wants to combat. So, for instance, let me give you a scenario. 71% of LinkedIn users are over the age of 35 and the average age is 42. LinkedIn know what you do, but mm-hmm. they don't know how good you are at it. Sure. Where your feed will be a mechanism and a platform for the younger generation to showcase their ambition and passion. Because you've got Tom walking down the road, and because he's never had Google on his CV, Facebook will never look at him. But you know what? He's really good at coding. So it's pioneering people's passion. It's, it's tapping into the underemployed. You've got Jenny sitting on reception and she's sitting there and she's bored all day long. But you know what? She goes home at the weekend and she's a great graphic designer and she does graphic work. Why isn't she doing her passion? It's because we're in this mentality of the CV, the cover letter, the corporateness of the businesses and they need to change that. And I've had several several hundred businesses already jump on board, including Facebook, YouTube, Havis Media. And Jack's going to tell you how your feed plans to do that after the break. Hey, Jamie Wareham here, producer of The Unregulated Show. We're running right with Emma away. So this week, I'm going to give you a podcast that you should totally check out after you're done here. It's Bethany Rutter's Hello Friends show. 
Bethany is a writer and the Arched Eyebrow blogger. Her podcast feels perfect to talk about this week as part of a show that's with an awesome millennial, because that's exactly what Bethany's show is about too, talking to awesome people. I'd point you to episode two, where Bethany chats to money-saving genius, Lottie Burns, where they talk amongst other topics about cashback, but just generally how to be better with your money. You can check it out now on Apple Podcasts, Audioboo, and of course, all of those other places where podcasts exist. Now, back to Tim's special report. I read an interesting interview you gave fairly recently, I think, where you said that CV-based hiring is failing young people. What is it about that process which is, is letting people down? It's young people do not have a lot to put on their CVs. And when employers are looking at CVs or brands are looking for CVs, they're looking at experience. It's a chicken, like they say, it's a chicken and egg situation. You need a job to get experience, but you need experience to get a job. So what do I put on the CV? And because I don't put anything to do with experience on the CV, I get pushed to one side. But my passion is to work in finance. But I've got no experience. But they don't know that at the weekend I study and I do all this different stuff. So how am I, how am I meant to showcase? And I, if I send more over than just a CV, the company gets flustered. And I've got so many CVs to go over, I don't know. And everyone just becomes a name on a bit of paper. What are some of the other ways that young people can connect with businesses, avoiding that CV malarkey? I believe that there needs to be a real honest connection between the two brands, the brand and the brand, the individual, because everyone's a brand. We live in a world of coffee shop businesses. By 2025, I believe you ain't going to be working for Adidas. You're going to be working for Adidas and you're going to pop over to Nando's and then you're going to pop over to Google all in the same week because we live in the world of zero-hour contracts and freelance. Now, how can a young person showcase the work they do? So I think it's going to be really relevance-driven and opportunity-driven. And the businesses that are coming on board or the businesses that you're reaching out to at the moment, presumably they have certain characteristics characteristics which... Um, either appeal to young people or they, there's a mindset at those businesses which are going to uh, resonate with the mission you're on. And what the people you're trying to help get into work, what are they looking for in an employer, either an individual or a business, no matter what size? You know, it might be five people, it might be the Googles and Facebooks of the world. Um, but what is it they want to see from those businesses that makes them think, I can go and work there right now. But I think young people are looking for purpose and they want value. Value what they say. I think brands go into, go into interviews or go into meet a young candidate or a fan or whatever you want to call them and think it's a one-sided thing. We're in 2017, it's not a one-sided thing. Trust me, actually, the brand now needs to do a lot more than what my dad had to do to get a job. How do you react to headlines that say millennials should stop eating avocados on toast and save for a house instead? So firstly, avocado is expensive. <laughs> and it, but it is one of your five a day. That's true. So it's a counterbalance, really. It's the young person actually looking after self and it's, we can look at it as um, self-development. Yep. Or are they just spending? So there's two ways. There's good and bad in every generation. 
Yeah, there's good things like, for instance, the baby boomers. They they need to get into tech more and they won't touch anything digital unless they've been showed. But actually, my nan sits on online bingo. <laughs> so there's everyone use tech uses technology in a different way. And I think what we do, like I said earlier, with the industry and education, I think the generations need to just come together. And what I mean, what can they expect from from bringing someone in who's in their early twenties? You know, if the opportunity's there to almost give them a free reign, are they going to put them on the board, or what? What can these businesses expect to get from someone who is is that is that age, you know, similar age to you, and trying to get into a serious, ambitious career path? It's like me saying to you, look, I've got this fantastic opportunity. I've got this company. You should come and work for me. You get, you can have unlimited holiday. You can do, you can go and work in a coffee shop. You can do A, B, and C. And then you turn up, and it's on a building site. And you go, this is not what I signed up for. So what brands need to do is not overpromise and be realistic with the individual. So yeah, we've got a career, we've got a career plan here for you, but don't expect to go to on the board at least. 15 years unless you do something really special so i think it's just about brands being realistic because if a young person knows it's going to take me six years before i get to manager level at least they know and they're more likely to stay rather than setting them up to foul bring them in saying within two years we've had this case this case study where someone's been manager within two years and this and this just setting up the young person to fail. And then when it comes up to two years and they're not promoted, because we all live in an Instagram life now, everything's perfect online mm. and they've got to compete with their friends and they've not been promoted and the company said they would be, then they feel like they've been let down and they no longer have value and they no longer have purpose within the business, which makes them want to leave, mm. which then makes the brand get their back up and say, all young people are the same. Yeah. It sounds like a cycle, one that moves young people around instead of creating loyalty. All of this, of course, fuels the narrative that hiring young people is a risk for businesses. By now, you'll either be sold or unsold on the potential of investing in young people. Whether you're with Whitney or not, your feed is aimed at everyone under the age of 34 and aims to help four different categories. The unemployed, entry to the workforce, upskilling and underemployed. That's those who want to change their career because they aren't using the skills they have to the full potential. Then they target the kind of help you need once you're signed up for one of their profiles. One way is by targeting Generation Now, enabling skill swaps between CEOs and business leaders with tech-savvy millennials. So something we do at Your Feed is um, that Hayden Godbeer, my co-founder, came up with was we skill swap. Okay. So, for instance, if a apprentice... So we've got four apprentices in the business, which is more than some of the big corporates with 100,000 people. Um, and, for instance, they can shadow and skill swap one of their skills with anyone within the business at any time. So it's just about bringing in some... Because I think there's a distance. When you go into a corporate, there's like this tier. You're here, you're here. I just think it should be an open plan. And it's all contained in Your Feed's pledge, which is their manifesto for change. 
Matching the government's pledge of 2 million apprenticeships, your feed are going to connect 2 million millennials to opportunities by 2020. So in September, we are going on a tour, a tour bus. And we're starting with every county within the southeast of England, starting with London. And we are basically going around and getting the local businesses involved, the local colleges. We're going into colleges to upskill them. We're going into businesses and we're really making some meaningful connections. So what does two million commercial opportunities mean? It doesn't mean a job. It means an opportunity, meaning mentorship, advice, information that someone would not normally find, that face-to-face interaction. There's a danger that campaigns like this are all noise and no substance. But I get the impression Jack really believes in helping young people. If the government, if any party wants to get involved, I'm always open to a conversation. But if you put two people in front of me, a politician and a young person... I'll go and have a coffee with a young person because I can learn a lot more. And that's only because in the first, when I first started the business, I was on tour with Boris Johnson going around all the digital road shows. And he, he called me Joe. My name's Jack. And we had a really, it wasn't just one session. It was like, he knew me. So it's just, it's just, where is your, where is your focus is? You, you asked me to be an ambassador. Focus on that. Focus on the future. And then another politician, which I won't name, I sat at a dinner table with and he pointed a sausage at me and said, after you finish with this entrepreneur lark, are you going to go and get yourself educated? So I turned around and said, your sausage is getting cold. That's a level of diplomacy those politicians could learn from. So what's Jack's final message? Like I said, with the young people... Everyone is a personal brand. I believe that every CEO, every director, every politician should build a personal brand. Because you shouldn't be hiding behind the brand. You should be your own brand and let the, let the company that you are employed by or you own or you work for hide behind you. That's what I, I believe. I believe that you should start showcasing what you do. So I showcase most of the things. When I first started, no one wanted to meet me. I reached out to so many people. Who wants to meet a young Essex guy who can't spell a word longer than six letters, who doesn't have a business or a website, has £20,000 in the bank? No advisors. Put advisors around you. I've put some of the greatest advisors around me. Paul Frampton, group CEO of Havis Media Group. Ruth Gilbert, who looks after the Career College Trust. The COO of Google UK. I've put some great people around me because I know that I don't know hardly anything. I know a little bit. I'm good at social. I'm good at showcasing. But I would say start showcasing what you're proud of and have a purpose and put that through. Don't put content online or on your social channels because it's content. Put it on there because you mean it. With thanks to Jack from your feed, Emma Hazlitt for letting me take over the reins, plus podcast producer Jamie Wareham, this has been City AM's Unregulated Podcast. Subscribe in all the places podcasts live. Give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, aka iTunes, if you've enjoyed the show. As always, you can email advertising at audioboom.com with guest suggestions, 
or to find out how to get us talking about your brand on our podcast with an audience of super hireable ABC One millennials. As Emma with two T's is away, drop me a tweet instead, at CityAMTM for Tim Miller with two L's, and let me know what you think of this week's podcast. City AM Unregulated is an audio boom production. Creative Commons music used in the show this week includes this song, Carlita by Aegon, as well as Naive by Sweat, and The Machine Thinks by Kevin McLeod. <laughs>